the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. with me to the book of Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 14. The Bible says the grace of God. Somebody say the grace of God. Say the grace of God. That brings salvation. It's here. Amen. Say the grace of God is here. Alright so on the first night I began speaking to you about the grace is here. Somebody say grace is here. That's what we are told in Christ. Grace is not going to come to you. Grace has come to you. Grace is here with us. The grace of God was spoken about in the Old Testament. The Bible says the prophets desire to see that salvation that the grace of God was going to bring to us. They desire to see it. And in our time, we are not desiring it. It's here practically with us. Amen. Now, so we said that grace is here to save. Somebody say grace is here to save. Grace is here to sanctify. Grace is here to save. Grace is here to settle. Grace is here to supply. Grace is here to satisfy. You'll be satisfied in this year. Now listen, if grace is here, then what must I do to experience and enjoy the dividends grace brings? If grace is here, then what must we do to experience and enjoy the dividends grace brings? Because you see, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. Somebody say it has appeared. But if you look at it, not everybody is working in this grace. The grace that brings salvation is here, and yet many are not saved. So what does it take to benefit and to enjoy the dividends the grace of God brings? The first key I want to put in your hands in this season of fasting and prayer is to receive grace. Somebody say receive grace. If you are going to benefit or enjoy the dividends of grace, you must learn how to receive grace. Somebody say I must learn how to receive grace. Say I must learn to receive grace. The first thing we need to do in order to enjoy the dividends of grace is to receive it. Somebody say receive it. Receive it. I used to think that receiving was very easy. But going through scripture, I realized that it's not easy at all for many people to receive. It is not easy at all. In fact, sometimes when you are giving something to people, they are actually suspicious of your motive. Rather than concentrating and receiving the thing, they are thinking, okay, I call a dear person. What does he really have in mind? 
<laughs> and that kind of thinking can stretch all the way to our relationship with God. It's like that people cannot receive the grace of God. And one of the reasons why people can't receive is because sometimes they think it's too good to be true. Can God be this good? This year, you will see the goodness of God. I said, this year, you will experience his goodness. Goodness and mercy will follow you. All the days of 2023. In the mighty name of Jesus. One day, David went and sat in the presence of God. He said, who am I? And what is my house? That you have treated me this kindly. 2023, may God treat you kindly. In the mighty name of Jesus. We have to learn to receive grace. John 1, 16 to 17. And of his fullness, we have all received. Somebody say, we have all received. received. Grace for grace. For the Lord came through who? But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came. But if you check John, the same John, chapter 1, verse 11 to 12, he said he came unto his own, but his own did what? Receive him not. Grace and truth came. They didn't receive it. Grace came. They didn't receive it. They couldn't even see it to receive it. He came unto his own. His own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the children of God. You see, when we receive grace, grace gives us power to become something. There are two major things the grace of God does. One, the grace of God makes you something or somebody, and the grace of God empowers you to do things. Grace gives you the ability to become, and grace gives you the ability to do. When we say, I'm empowered, that's what it means. You are empowered to be what you could not be. Somebody say, grace Grace. empowers me to become become. what I cannot be be by by myself. That's where it starts from. You see, because you cannot do what you want to do until you know who you are. And first of all, grace changes you from one kind of person to another kind of person. And so once you assume that personality, you are able to do what that person is expected to do. That's the core of the gospel. The core of the gospel is that the grace of God that came empowered us to become. Who have we become? We were sinners. We have become saints. We were dead. We have been made alive. Somebody have been made alive. alive. You were sick. You have been made whole. You were poor. You have been made rich. Am I communicating to somebody at all? Now listen, until you understand these things, there is no way you can walk in the reality of the grace of God. The grace of God empowers you first to become what you couldn't be. The reason why I cannot walk in sin is because grace of God has made me a righteous person. I don't sin because there is a law. No, that's not the reason why I don't sin. I don't sin because I have a new nature that cannot sin. He said, for the seed of God abides in him. He that is born of God cannot sin. Why? Because the seed of God abides in him. So that's where he starts from. If you cannot see that God has made you rich, there is no way you can ever walk in the manifestation of the covenant of prosperity. No. Because prosperity is not in what you do. Prosperity is in the person you are. It's in the person you are. If you don't have the personality and the mindset that attracts money, you walk in poverty. So that's where it starts from. You have to be able to accept your new identity that grace has delivered to you. Grace does not first empower you to do something. Grace, first of all, makes you someone that you could not ever become. The Bible says, for you know. Somebody say, for you know. know. Say, "For for I know 
the grace of my Lord Jesus. Put your hand on your chest. For I know the grace of my Lord Jesus. That though he was rich, yet for, for my for my he did what he became that I through his poverty no I should continue in poverty that I should die poor that I should think poor that I should walk about with nothing he says he became you see Jesus came on it he became someone he was not so we could become someone we could never be that is the grace of God. That's the grace of God. The grace of God makes you someone, empowers you to become what you could never be. He became. We frustrate the grace of God. Most of the time, people say, oh, when you sin, you are frustrating the grace of God. No, 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 no. no. Sin is not what frustrates the grace of God. I'm not saying go sin, no. But the context of we do not frustrate the grace of God had to do with the law. When you now, instead of following the path of grace, you decide to pursue righteousness through the law. When you do that, you are frustrating the grace of God. And I'll come to teach on it at an appropriate time. But that's not it. You see, we frustrate the grace of God when we set aside the finished work of Christ. We fail to acknowledge it. And then we rather want to pursue things in line, in the confines and the context of a law. That's grace. Grace empowers you to become what you could never be in any way. That's why what grace gives you. No amount of rule, following, and law-keeping can give you. Am I communicating here? Yeah. You see, nobody could fulfill the righteousness of the law. We can't talk about grace really without talking about righteousness. So this year too, among many things, I will spend time teaching on righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. righteousness. Yeah, righteousness. Righteousness. Because you see, the reality of who you are, what you have in Christ, can never be realized until you really, really get a firm grasp of the subject of righteousness. Some of you, you are praying, but even the prayer, you are not sure the prayer is going anywhere. But the last time I checked, he said the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. So when I lift up my voice to pray, it's not something Satan can interfere with because I'm not praying according to my law righteousness. I'm praying according to the righteousness of God, which is a gift to me in Christ. Am I complicating here? Yes. It's not that we spend one hour praying for forgiveness before you start praying. Somebody say grace, grace. Must, be must be received. Say it must be received. Yes. Now look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. He says, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, those who receive what? Abundance. Shouted. Those who receive what? Abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Through Jesus Christ. I see you reign in 2023. I see you reign through in 2023. Say, I have received abundance of grace. I have received the gift of righteousness. I reign and rule in life. Say, I reign and I rule in life. Yeah, you are not a victim of circumstances. You are a victim. Praise the Lord. Those who receive abundance of grace. You must learn how to receive abundance of grace. Because grace itself is in degrees. Grace is in degrees. We have exceeding grace. We have exceeding abundant grace. We have abundant grace. And then we have all grace. Various degrees. God is able to make all grace.
So it's not the end. There's sufficient grace. Am I communicating here? Yes. He said those who receive abundance of grace. Abundance of grace. So don't just learn how to receive grace. You must know how to walk in abundance of grace. Somebody say abundance of grace. Abundance. Say abundance of grace. Abundance. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1. He said we then as workers together with him plead with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in. The word I want you to take note of is grace must be received. Did you see that? He came unto his own, his own, and then he says, of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. And I was saying that it's not easy for people to receive. Am I communicating? It's not easy. I used to think that it was very, very easy. But I see that it was not very, very easy at all. Look at this. How then can we receive grace? Three things you can do to receive grace. One, you receive grace when you acknowledge your need for it. Somebody say, acknowledge my need for it. Say, you must acknowledge your need for it. Say, I receive grace when I acknowledge my need for grace. How many of you believe you need grace? Yes, if you really truly know you need grace, you won't joke with this fasting we are doing. Are you here with me? Yeah, you will not. As for being hungry, you'll be hungry. That is the essence of fasting. Around three, my head started bashing me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> that is fasting. Your body must respond. Are you here? Yes, yeah. When your spirit is taking charge, usually your body is never comfortable. <laughs> Are you there? Yes. Now, almost all the things, in fact, the Bible says in Galatians, it says the spirit is at war with the body. Everything the body wants, the spirit does not want. Everything the spirit wants, the body doesn't want. They are at war forever. Antagonistic one with another. So, when you are fasting, your spirit is excited. Yay! The brand new, the giant in this, my daughter is coming alive. The wisdom in this one is coming alive. The might in this one, the supernatural ability in this one is coming alive. Then your body begins to respond. And most of the time, when you don't know the difference, you just simply give in to the demands of the body. But this year shall not be so. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with what? Be clothed with what? No, that's not my emphasis. For God resists the proud, but gives what? Grace. Gives grace who? The humble. Who are those who receive grace? The humble. the humble. Why? Because the humble man is the one who knows he doesn't have. I'm not communicating here. That's it. That's it. Until you acknowledge your need for grace, you cannot have it. The reason why some people don't pray and we are fasting and they can be feasting is because they don't have value for grace. They don't need it. They think that they know what to do this year. They know all the things that are in the year. They, they can tell. They have telescopic eyes. They can tell from January to the end of the year all the things that what did not happen before. They can tell that kind of braggadocious, prideful posture. They will not. I like it when the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9, Paul said, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength and my power is made perfect in weakness. So the people who have access to grace are those who are weak. Are you with me here? Yeah? Yeah. 
Yeah, so when you come to God with a strength poster, I know my right. I know what I have to do. <laughs> he wants you to do what you have to do. Look at it. Jesus said this. <laughs> grace. Somebody say grace. grace. <laughs> this is what grace said. Matthew 8, 28 to 30. He said, come unto me. Somebody say, come unto me. Come say, come unto me. Before he said, come unto me. When you go back towards the end, he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you, please follow me. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are what? Heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Come unto me. Then he tells the people who must come. All ye that labor. So if you are not coming, you know you are able to carry your load. You are not heavy laden. That's why you are not coming. You don't need rest. <laughs> so before you will come to him, he said, check your load. Can you carry it? How heavy is your load? How weary is your soul? Come unto me. And if you will come to me, I will give you rest. Because you see, grace simply means seizing from your works and entering into the rest of God. That's what grace is. When we enter grace, we seize from our works and we enter into the rest of God. He said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy lady, I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me. Let's look at a typical case. Two people came in the book of Luke chapter 18, verse 10 to 14. Calibro dose. Two men went to the temple to pray. Follow this reading closely. One was a Pharisee, and that is the Pharisee spirit. The other was a despised tax collector. Now look at this. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. Look at it. Oh. I thank you, God. I am not like other people. This is not grace prayer. This is work-centered prayer. He said, I'm not like other people. I know me. I'm a very good person. I'm not like other people. Some of the people I'm not like, many of them are not here. But I also want you to know that I'm not like this task collector. <laughs> I am certainly not like this task collector. You see, this is where people get it wrong. They think that the standard is other people. God's standard is not other people. No. God's standard is none other person. God's standard is Christ. Are you with me here? Uh -huh. That's God's standard. God's standard is Christ. He made us that he might conform us to the image of his dear son. That is the ultimate standard. So when you are busy comparing yourself, oh, look at me, I can pray for one hour. I'm not like this uh, lazy other person. How long could Christ pray? He went on the mountain and he continued all night in prayer. Oh, I, me, I don't struggle to forget. I think I have mastered the art. <laughs> really? <laughs> How much could Christ forgive? That's the standard. Listen, you will always see your need for grace when you see that Christ is a standard. Somebody say Christ is a standard. Yeah, That's the standard. That is the standard. In any case, even the law, they could not follow it. When the law was even the standard, they couldn't follow it. And when Christ came, he actually heightened the thing so that you see your need of grace. Most of the time, when people read the Beatitudes, in particular, Matthew chapter 6, and the demands, they, they think that that is how God expects us to live. No, 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 no. He just wanted you to see your need for grace. The teachings that Jesus gave there is supposed to let you see your need for grace so that you will come to him rather than trust in your works. So he told them that, listen, the righteousness we are talking about, your own must exceed that of the Pharisees, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. If you don't get there, you will not. 
You cannot. So he told them, in the law, you were told not to fornicate. But when I came, I'm telling you, don't even last after a woman in your heart. Don't last after a woman in your heart. Now, men here, be honest. Be honest. Every man here. How many men here can tell me you have never lasted after another woman? That is where Jesus caught them. You remember when they caught the woman and brought her? We saw her in the very act. And then they quoted the law. Now listen, before you quote the law to others, quote it to yourself. Never use the law as a judge for another person until you have used it for yourself. It's true, you have not gone to fornicate. But the women you have slept with in your heart, only God knows. <laughs> only God knows. <laughs> only God knows. Listen, Jesus said, it is said you should not commit murder. But I say, when you are angry, when you are angry, now listen, he says, when you are angry with your brother, how many of you have not been angry before? By the time he talks about anger, you will see that you need grace. Yeah, fornication, you don't need, you don't need grace. But when it comes to anger, you need grace. So all the things he talked about there, whosoever will tell his brother, Raka, <laughs> how many of us have not said the wrong thing before? So it was not a standard who was expecting us to leave. He was bringing us to a place where we acknowledge our need for grace. So he told them, listen, even the law, you couldn't keep it. But the kind of righteousness I brought is superior to the law. And for you to be able to qualify and fulfill that righteousness, there is nothing in you that can do that. I will have to come and change you from inside out. So I will impart my new nature in you. And so when it comes to the book of Galatians, he says that against such there is no law. The fruit of the spirit. He gave all. The fruit of the spirit is love, peace, uh, joy. He said against such there is no law. I'll, I'll talk about the law and you have a better appreciation. That the law was not made for us. Say the law is not for me. Yeah. Because we are not under the law but under grace. You need to understand what it means. What the law is and what that means. We Gentiles were never given law. The law was for the Jews. And they couldn't keep it. So when God came, he wanted to establish a better salvation system that can work. Because the law was given to the Jews, they couldn't keep it. For the Gentiles, they had a conscience. They couldn't work with a conscience. And now he had to change all of us. That's why the Jew and the Gentile, they all need a savior. If you look at the book of Ephesians, he says he has made both one. The Jew and the Gentile, he has made them one. Because all of us, we have to embrace one faith, one hope, one God, one Father. All of us, the same standard. So let's look at the CV. Our first twice a week. Our first what? Twice a week. And I give a tenth of my income. Look at what he was boasting about. When you give 10%, you say you are doing well. <laughs> I give 10% of my income. But the task collector, now look at this closely. The task collector, this is... I'm telling you that if you are going to assess grace, you have to acknowledge what? Your need for it. Somebody say, acknowledge my need for it. Need. Say, acknowledge my need for it. I must acknowledge my need for grace. That's where he sat for. This collector stood at a distance and dare not lift up his eyes to heaven. As he prayed, he said, he beat his chest sorrowfully, saying, oh God, be gracious to me, for I'm a sinner. Be merciful to me, for I'm a sinner. I tell you, this is Jesus. The Pharisee returned home justified before God. 
For those who exalt themselves will be what? Humble. And those who humble themselves shall be exalted. Yeah. Acknowledge your need for it. Somebody say, I must acknowledge my need for grace. That's number one. Number two, you must come to the giver of grace. When you acknowledge your need for grace, you have to go where you can get it. Somebody say, go where I can get it. Say, I need to go where I can get it. Yeah, there's a place where we go to get grace. And that is where we are going to in this 12 days of fasting and prayer. The reason why we are in this 12 days of fasting and prayer is that there is one who has grace and we are coming to him. Somebody say, I'm coming to him. Look, we have to go to where we can get it. Jesus said, whosoever is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. So come to me. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. So let us what? Stay away. Let us run away. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help when we need it most. Are you with me here? So, one, you need it. You acknowledge your need for grace. And once you acknowledge your need for grace, there's a place you must go to get the grace. And that is God himself. Praise God. Jesus said, if you have carried your load and you are tired, come to me. All who are led by and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me. You remember the prodigal son? When he left and he came back to himself. Look at that with me. Luke chapter 15, verse 17 to 19. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the house servants are food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go where? I will go home. There was a place he could go. I will go home and say to my father, take me as one of your hired servants. The moment he got to the place, grace was waiting for him. Listen, if you will learn to come to the throne consistently, when the challenge comes, before the challenge comes, there will be enough grace to deal with it. Yeah. The reason why sometimes we give in to certain challenges and trials is because when the challenge is at hand, there is not enough grace available. And there is not enough grace available is because where we need to connect to draw grace consistently, we are not frequenting there. I can tell you with all sense of humility, that if you can maintain a certain consistent prayer life, there are certain spiritual challenges you have, there will be no more challenges. Are you with me? Yeah, there will be no more challenges. There are some dreams you've been having, you think it's demon, it's no demon. It's prayerlessness. Are you with me here? It's prayerlessness. Let us come boldly to the throne. Come boldly. Grace will be flowing. You see, whoever you associate closely with, they influence your life a great deal. And you see, this thing, you see it as prayer, but it's more of fellowship and association. You are coming there frequently. You are coming there frequently. I mean, in the natural, when people are far from you, and you are not very careful and deliberate, you see that the extent to which you connect with them goes down. It's the same thing in the spirit. You have to stay in fellowship. So prayer is not a platform for receiving things as is a platform for maintaining fellowship. A platform for maintaining fellowship. I'm telling you, you see, it's not easy to forgive. Him. But when you fellowship with the God who is all forgiving, his nature rubs up on you. So by the time you realize you have become so forgiving, you no longer hold on to things. It's no longer a leisure or pleasure to do so. Am I communicating here? 
the nature of God has so much rope on you that you become so sensitive to his presence. And you can't do that anymore. Let me close with this. Express your need for grace. Somebody say, express my need for grace. So come, one, acknowledge your need for grace. You see, all the things I've said, eh, that is one of the core reasons why we are praying. Prayer is one vital means through which we access grace. Grace, 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 grace. Prayer. The Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might find mercy. Look at Paul in the book of 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8 to 9. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Verse 9, he says, he said to me, my grace, somebody say my grace, grace. is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Do you know where that pronouncement came from? It was passionate prayer that provoked my grace is sufficient for you. Sufficient grace to deal with the affairs of life. It was released upon him when he became passionate in his pursuit. He kept going, kept going, kept going. In this fasting, grace is coming upon you. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. God bless. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no.